Well, I've only got one word for that worship team, and that is wow. Man, was the Lord flowing out of them today or what? So, so thankful for that group. Man, the Lord has blessed them with such wonderful gifts. That is for sure. Today's scripture reading is out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, David. Morning. How is everybody? Doing all right? Some good, some not so much. I don't know, but I can't believe Jackson said that about the Cowboys, guys. I'm surprised you're still here, Todd. Uh, Surprised you didn't walk out the door right then. Man, if you're a Cowboy fan, it's okay. You're welcome here. It's awesome, right? Especially because the last 30 years, you guys have already been through a lot, so we want to keep you here. But... Yeah, yeah. Hey, he did. <laughs> he did make an announcement. I want to touch on um, the twenty-four hours of prayer. It's uh, twenty-four hours of prayer and fasting. If you want to, we decided. You know, hey, let God like you know see that process through. If you if you feel led to fast during those twenty-four hours, great. That's awesome. You know, that's very biblical, and and we want to promote that. However, we're not really going to talk much more about that because we think that there's biblical precedent for that as well. So there are 30-minute um, segments of those 24 hours still left. There's three that need to be filled. And then you can also add beside sections that are already filled if you want to put your name on there. And essentially what we're doing is we're just praying for our church. We're praying for our community. We're praying for our nation. We're praying for our missionary partners. And we're praying across the globe. We want to see God really work, especially in those 24 hours, but then to continue thereafter. So again, that's at the sound booth. There's a pin back there. You can sign your name to it for one of those 30-minute segments. I'd love to pray, and then we'll get into the message. Father, uh, we're so thankful for who you are. I mean, really, like, let us in this very moment right now take a step back and and really look at who you are, what you've done and who you are. Father, give us hearts of gratitude. Grant us that here in this moment right now. We love you very much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, we're going to be in uh, Luke chapter 17 today for most of our time. And we'll also be in Genesis chapter 19 if you want to bookmark both of those places. And uh, some weeks whenever I do sermon prep, it's, it's what I call a, a ho-hum week. Like you just... You know, everything's kind of normal, you just, you prep, you go about it, and then you give your message on Sunday. Well, this week was not that. This week was a very moving week for me, as I just kind of took a step back and reflected on all the things that I truly have to be thankful for. And I was thinking about this time last year, there was a lot of uncertainty with my health. Um, I had gone to the doctor and the doctor really kind of honestly irresponsibly looking back had promoted that there may be some very serious diagnoses. Um, and so I had a period of waiting before there were some tests and different things. And to be honest with you, those first couple days after I heard about that possible diagnosis, it was very, very challenging for me to the point where a couple days in, Morgan's like, Dallas, you got to pull yourself together, man. Come on, right? But I'll tell you, the thing that really turned the tide for me in the moment was this practice of gratitude. 
I mean, the, the time that I spent kind of reflecting on all God has done in my life really brought me to a place where I was no longer a victim. I mean, time and time again during that waiting, I began to say, God really doesn't owe me anything. I mean, the question is not, why would this happen right now? The question really was, why did all these good things in my life happen at all? And it really shifted, right? And so it was like, how could I drink from the cup all these good things that God's given me, but not drink from the cup of something very challenging right now in this moment? And I started to experience a lot of peace in the midst of it. And I'll tell you the thing that I was most grateful for during that time was life itself. I mean, there was nothing that the doctor was going to come back and say if he gave me the worst possible diagnosis. There was nothing he was going to say that was going to deter that reality that I had life in the name of Jesus for all time. And so, man, I I experienced some peace. In my best moments, (laughs) I experienced some peace in the midst of it. And that's really what we want to talk about today, that that often we think satisfaction or contentment can be found in things that are ahead of us. Like if things just work out the way that we want them to, then we'll have completeness or wholeness or content uh, or be content, right? But the reality, though, is that our contentment is found not by looking ahead, but really by looking back at the fact of what Christ has done. See, Christ has brought us into life forevermore in his name. And so our contentment is found through gratitude in that reality. Um, I want to contend with you today that gratitude is the most important practice for us to live into the abundant life that Christ has for us. Now, we could talk a lot about how gratitude is good manners, and it is. You know, your parents tell you from a young age, gratitude is good manners, and it is. We talk about how it's good for your physical health and for your mental health, and that's true too, but, but that really still you know, sells short how great of a thing gratitude is. And we're going to process through why it's so great. See, gratitude doesn't bring us into salvation, but it does help us live into the salvation that he's already been given to us. See, if somebody gives you a gift, and then you accept that gift, that's not the end of the process, is it? To complete that process is to demonstrate gratitude, appreciation for that gift that's been given. That brings the process full circle. That brings completeness or wholeness to the process. And the same is true in our souls. That we can't really experience the wholeness, the completeness that God desires for us without looking back at what he's done in gratitude. That's how we experience it. The same is true. Just like the process itself can't be complete until there's gratitude, so our souls cannot be complete until there is gratitude. How many of us have spent so much of our lives and we're, we're wondering, man, like, God has saved me. I've accepted this gift of salvation and yet it, it feels kind of hollow at times, right? It's because that process hasn't ended yet. It ends with gratitude for what God has done. And that's so very important for us to embrace. And I think Thanksgiving is a great time to sort of set ourselves back towards experiencing that wholeness that he desires for us. I'll read 1 Thessalonians 5.18 again. It says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Have you ever, have you ever wondered why that's his will for us? Uh, go back to John chapter 10 when Jesus says, um, I have come that they may have life and life 
to the full. So gratitude right here, I think what Paul's saying is gratitude brings us into experiencing life to the full like God desires for us. So the process, it looks something like this. Someone appreciates you enough to demonstrate their love to you by getting you a gift, just like the Father sends the Son to take the punishment we deserved for our sin. And then you accept that gift. You accept the free gift of salvation through His blood. But then you show appreciation for that gift to the gift giver. That's the act of thankfulness in order for that process to come to full completion. That's what thankfulness is. It's the expressed acknowledgement of what has happened for you, connecting you to the one who gave you the gift. That is what brings everything full circle in our hearts. Not just in the process, but also to our souls. That's very, very important. Now, it's also important to note that it's not just the feeling of thankfulness that brings to completeness. It is the expression of that thankfulness that's so important, right? Because that's what connects you more fully to that person who gave you that gift. Thankfulness leads to completion. How often in our lives have we thought that satisfaction will come from that next thing that we acquire? I've been caught doing that very often in my life. If just blank happens, then I'll be content. But with the cross and with having life itself... Now, contentment comes through appreciation, not accumulation. That's so very important, right? I mean, what what is there left to acquire if we already have life in his name? That's the point, right? We, We turn back and we recognize what he's done for us, and that's how we're led into contentment. Um, Joby Martin, he's a pastor in Jacksonville, Florida, and he tells a story one time about when he was a kid. And he just got this, this dog. He lived up north at this time. And um, he's going out on a, on a lake, a frozen lake, with his dad and his dog. And all of a sudden, the frozen lake kind of breaks from under, and the, the dog goes under the lake. And Joby's dad goes in there and pulls the dog out, saves his life. And Joby describes that in that moment, that dog could not stop licking Joby's dad that day. And he says, from then on, that was no longer my dog. <laughs> that was my dad's dog. Because all the days of his life, he just followed after him, right? And isn't that such a picture of what it is to live the Christian life? That he has already given us life. So we show gratitude. Man, that's how we have wholeness. I mean, what more could we possibly look at in the future to withhold our contentment right now when we already have life itself in his name it's just this uh, strange space I think where we live where we experience a lot of lack even though there really isn't in fact really the the big lack that we have is just the gratitude the lack in gratitude close that gratitude gap and begin to experience the wholeness that he desires for us Remember the leper in Luke 17. Uh, You guys have heard me reference this passage many times over the last year. But Jesus, he heals ten lepers. He knows that nine of them aren't going to come back and thank him. But he heals ten lepers and, and, and nine don't come back. But then there's this one in verse 15. It says this, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. 
he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And skip down to verse 19. Then Jesus said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now if you go back to the KJV, it says whole, your faith has made you whole. That's what other translations say. See, it was the appreciation for what had been done for him that led him into wholeness, into completeness, into experiencing the life abundantly that Jesus had given to him. And I got asked a question, like, are we, and I, I think it's very common, are we like those nine lepers who, who, you know, you say the sinner's prayer, maybe when you were young, right? You, you said the sinner's prayer, and you just kind of move on with your life, you know? I mean, we, we start to look for contentment in, in different places still, because that wasn't quite enough. That was just kind of my get-out-of-hell-free card. But now I'm actually going to look for places of life, right? And I do think that that's why so many people are leaving the church. Because there's not this step of gratitude, of, of experiencing the life that he's given to us. So we say, you know, I prayed that prayer, I accepted that gift, but something's just not right here. Like, it's not working out the way that I thought. And I really, truly believe it is not taking that next step of gratitude to look back and say, wow. To be like this one leper and say, man, I, I, I can't believe what you've done for me. I mean, thank you, thank you, thank you for this life that you've given to me. That closes the gap of lack in our life. Gratitude closes that gap for us. So the question is, are we today like that one leper who just notices, man, just notices what God has done for him, and he experiences it through gratitude. And I'd say, honestly, especially men, we are so bad at noticing things. I mean, I, let's be honest, men. I mean, man, there's a lot of men who are skeptical at that. Come on, we're bad at noticing things. Uh, sometimes I'll come home and Morgan will just give me a look, and, she'll, and I, I won't say anything, and she'll say, did you notice anything? And I'm like, no. And then we start this guessing game. Is it a haircut? Shoes? No. It's usually she rearranged the furniture. but and, uh, and I always miss it. But I do think if we're not careful, we can become the kind of people who don't notice all these provisions of what God is doing in our lives. We've got to notice. Um, I took one of my girls to Dollywood on Thursday. And she loves roller coasters, so she wanted to go to Dollywood. I don't love roller coasters. I get nauseous on carousels. True story. So I wasn't really looking forward to this. She doesn't know that, by the way. So please, nobody tell her, all right? Nobody tell her that. But, but we go down on Thursday because we were thinking, hey, this is a great day for us to go because we won't have wait lines. We'll just be able to go right up to every ride and... You'll enjoy it, you know, we're celebrating her birthday, so it's like, yeah, let's just go and do it. Well, I began to appreciate very much weight lines very quickly after this. In fact, I was thinking back to when I was a kid, and we'd go to a theme park or something, and my parents would say, oh, it's only a 45-minute wait. And at the time, I was like, really, only 45 minutes? But for them, they were happy, and I know why now. It's because that 45 minutes was their recovery time. And so I, it's just like, man, what's a guy got to do to get some wait time around here, right? So we go on a roller coaster, and 
you know, first one I thought I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, okay, that wasn't too bad for me. I'm, I'm okay. So we go on that same one again. We go up to the front, no weight line. We're just going right back on it. By the end of that second one, whew, man, I, I felt lunch coming back up. Things were not going very well. I was taxed out. It was done, right? It was just over for me. And I, but I remember thinking, I said, this is her day, all right? I am not throwing in the towel. I will throw up. I will black out. It doesn't matter. We're going full speed ahead. Well, that toughness lasted about one more ride. <laughs> and all that big talk became big prayers. <laughs> Started saying things like, God, this wild eagle, man, it should be banned. I need you desperately. I know this is a silly example, but it was real in the moment, okay? God needs you really desperately in this moment. And Tennessee Tornado, don't get me started on Tennessee Tornado. I feel like there's probably an exact replica of that, like where the terrorists go, you know, to like try to get some information out of them. Just put them on that ride and they'll start singing, right? There's probably an exact replica of Tennessee Tornado at Guantanamo Bay, I'm pretty sure. But I just start praying, man, like after that third one, I'm like, God, I'm going to need you to intervene in this moment right now. And about nine, ten rides in, I finally realized every time I keep coming to him about this, he keeps answering it. And I didn't notice all that time. Rides four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, all that. I didn't notice. I was maxed out after two, okay. And he saw me in that space. As small as it was, too, because it's, it's such a weak example, isn't it, compared to, like, real life. And yet, as weak of an example as it is, he still saw me in that moment. And yet, I didn't notice until a lot later. How often is it that God continues to hear us and we just don't notice? And later on in the evening, um, she said those sweet Sweet words I'd been waiting to hear. We were on Big Bear Mountain, and uh, we were getting off of it, and she said something like, Daddy, I think I'm all done with roller coasters. Yes. All right. As, calm, as calmly as I could say it, I was like, okay, here, here's like six other motionless things we can do. That's great. You know, I was ready to just get off of it. But, but how true is that, that we ask for blessing all the time, right? And yet, whenever he hears us, we barely even notice. How could we ever live an abundant life if we don't ever notice whenever he hears us? Isn't that so important? In fact, the reason we probably keep going to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, is because we don't notice that he has heard us. Right? And there's nothing wrong with asking for blessing and asking to meet you in that space. It's just more of a bonus than it is like everything rides on it. You know? Like our contentment happens by looking back, not by looking forward, because everything has been done for us already. A little later in Luke 17, Jesus tells us about the kingdom of God, and he says these three words. He says, remember Lot's wife. It's the second shortest verse in the Bible, verse 32. And I've always kind of found that interesting here. He doesn't say, remember Mary, the one who gave birth to me, or Esther, you know, and her faithfulness, or Ruth and her faithfulness. He says, remember Lot's wife. 
And why is that significant? It's because she's the one who looked away when she had been given a whole new life. She didn't notice the provisions of life that were right in front of her. So instead, whenever the angel comes, when God is is judging Sodom, and the angel says, here's the path to life, what does she do? She looks back, and she gets stuck. She becomes a pillar of salt. Had she recognized and in gratitude appreciated what had been done for her, she wouldn't have looked back and gotten stuck. But how often today do we do that same thing? When we look away from Jesus, we often get stuck, don't we? I mean, if we're we're not really focused on what God has done for us, we will always get stuck because we'll be looking in some other way. But it's difficult to ever feel stuck when you're demonstrating appreciation for life. When our minds dwell in areas that aren't of Him, we'll continue to get stuck. But when our minds dwell in Him, we will start to experience the wholeness that we were meant for. Man, I just, I mean, wouldn't it be great? If gratitude became so common in our lives that it seemed strange that we had a day for it, wouldn't that be something? Like, if we had National Brushing Your Teeth Day today, it's like, wait a second. I mean, maybe that would raise awareness. I don't know. Maybe it'd still be a good thing, but it just seems very common, right? What would it look like for us to just be so thankful, just so thankful that we do the exact same thing on Thanksgiving that we've been doing all this time? On other days throughout the year. You know, when Jesus, every time Jesus ate, have you ever noticed that he always gave thanks right before he ate? I mean, he always noticed the provisions of the Father, and he showed so much gratitude for them. And I don't know about you guys, do you, do you guys still say give thanks? Most, most of the time it's have the blessing, right? Does anybody still say let's give thanks? Raise your hand. Anybody? It's become kind of archaic in a way. In fact, um, it reminds me of a story where, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't tell this story, but I'm just going to anyway. Um, there was a football team, high school football team one time. And they're about to have a big game, and um, they're going to have a big meal ahead of time together. And the coach, right before they eat, he asked the running back, the starting running back, he says, uh, I'd like for you to give thanks. And, of course, the running back doesn't know what that means. So... <laughs> So he just, he doesn't want to ask questions because he's in front of everybody. So he, so he just stands up and he says, okay. And he says, uh, linemen, I'd like to thank you for blocking really well for me. <laughs> Coaches, I'd like to thank you for calling the plays and doing a great job and all that. And he says, no, 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 I'm asking you to pray. And I do think it's, it's kind of subtle in a way, like we talk about, you know, giving the blessing. But, but why ask a blessing if we're never going to notice when those blessings happen, right? And that's why I think it's so important to give thanks, to continue to give thanks. Make it a routine, make it a priority, make it a practice, make it something that that flows out of us all the time. Not just one time a year, but every day. See, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, who, who God judged in Genesis 19, they were a people of abundance. They had wealth, they had resources, they had all these things. But the Bible tells us that they really operated, they really lived their life from a place of lack, not abundance. Why? Because they never connected themselves to the reality of that ev- the fact that every good gift comes from God. And the fact that like they could be great stewards of, of this abundance that they had been given. So they never had that satisfaction over their lives. 
And the question really is, like, are we that way today? You know, do we notice? Do we demonstrate an appreciation? Are we like that one leper who comes back and, and really almost like was compelled to come back? Like had to because he experienced so much gratitude for what had been done. My encouragement for you this morning is don't let God's good works go unnoticed by us. Continue to appreciate. And there's this lie going around that like if I just had a little bit more, then I'd be thankful. Then I would feel good. Then I would have satisfaction. But because of what Christ has done on the cross and brought us life, Man, all we have to do to find contentment is to turn and look back at what he's done. That our completeness, our wholeness comes from that reality. Uh, as we close our time, let's go back to Luke 17, 15, and 16. It says this. It says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Question is, when, is, when was the last time that you were just so compelled to praise God in a loud voice? I mean, when's the last time you just threw yourself at his feet and just said, thank you, thank you, thank you? I mean, is gratitude, is, is gratitude going to be something that we are going to be marked by at Grace Meadows Church? And perhaps... If that is our mark, we will realize that we have everything that we could ever need in his name. Let's pray together. Father, just make us a people of, of gratitude. Make us a people who just, man, we just notice. We just see. We see that every good gift comes from you. And we take that extra step of not just like accepting it, but but displaying this abundant gratitude of praising you in a loud voice and just falling at your feet and just saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, I pray that you'll make us a church that reflects that reality. Bring us into the wholeness that only you provide through your son. We love you very much. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, the altars are open. I'd love to pray with you as well. If you'd like, let's stay in and worship.